Brothers Through Time, Triassic Troubles. Chapter 4. Viator, set a timer for 48 hours. Timer set. As they stared at the projection of the map on the tree, Landon pointed to the right and said confidently, That's the way to the Lapis Constructum. I can feel it in my bones. Mason, on the other hand, shook his head and pointed to the left. I don't know where you're getting your bone feelings from, but the map clearly shows we need to head left. Well, I think we should go straight. That way we can get there faster. Sure, let's just march through the mountains and swim across a few rivers. That's definitely faster. Landon rolled his eyes. Can't you see the Lapis Constructum right there? It's just a few miles to the right. Mason sighed. Landon, that's not the Lapis Constructum. That's a big rock. Well, that big rock is closer than the Lapis Constructum, so let's go that way. The boys continued to bicker back and forth until Mason finally put his foot down and said, If we get lost and end up in the belly of some prehistoric beast, we're never allowed to trust your bones ever again. The boys laughed and set off in the direction Landon had suggested, hoping they wouldn't get too lost on their way to the Lapis Constructum before the asteroid hit. Eli kept a close eye on Viator's timer. We need to get moving before that asteroid hits and turns us all into dinosaur food. As the boys continued on their journey, the sky began to darken and the first droplets of rain began to fall. They trudged on, heads down, through the thick mud, their boots squelching with every step. Mason shouted above the drizzle of the rain. This is not how I imagined our weekend playing out. Yeah, it wasn't even supposed to storm today. Landon said, shaking the water off his hair. Mason couldn't hold in his laughter. Today is not even today, man. Unless you were researching the hour-by-hour forecast for 200 million years ago before we left. Eli sighed and added, Guys, we need to focus. We only have two days until that fireball in the sky hits Earth. But we need six days to fully charge the chronosphere. I don't exactly want to stick around for something called the Great Dying. What are we going to do? We have to get to the Lapis Constructum as fast as we can. That's our only chance of surviving this thing. But what if we don't make it in time? Eli asked, his voice filled with concern. Then we'll have to find another way. Mason replied, trying to sound confident. But let's focus on getting to the Lapis Constructum first. We'll figure out the rest later. The boys eventually reached a vast canyon. As they approached the edge, the rain grew more intense, pounding the ground with a ferocity that made it difficult to see. Thunder boomed, and lightning illuminated the sky, casting an eerie glow over the landscape. The canyon was deep and narrow, with steep walls of smooth rock stretching up on either side. As they peered across the gap, they could barely make out the Lapis Constructum on the other side. Landon squinted as the harsh rain pelted his face. How are we going to get across that? Mason studied the canyon carefully. Looks like the only way across is that log bridge, he said, pointing to a narrow log spanning the chasm. Eli gulped. That thing looks slippery, and the water down there looks deep. Yeah, we'll have to be careful, but it's the only way, and we're running out of time. Landon peered down at the swirling water below, feeling a chill run down his spine. The rain had turned the usually calm stream into a raging torrent, its surface churning with white foam and debris. The water crashed against jagged rocks, sending up sprays of mist that caught the light and scattered it in all directions. Landon couldn't help but feel a twinge of fear as he gazed at the chaotic scene below. It looked like a monster, ready to swallow anything that dared to cross its path. Just then, he caught the glow of the chronosphere in Mason's pack. Guys, we only have 44 hours, 26 minutes, and 12 seconds until the asteroid hits, he said, a hint of panic in his voice. We're out of options here. We need to move carefully, but quickly. As the boys carefully stepped onto the log bridge, their hearts pounded in their chests. 
The rain was coming down in sheets now, and the sound of the rushing water below was almost deafening. Mason took the lead, his eyes fixed on the other side of the canyon where the lapis constructum is waiting. Landon followed close behind, his hands gripping the soaked backpack straps tightly. He can feel his heart racing, the fear of falling into the raging waters below, making his legs feel like jelly. Eli brought up the rear, his teeth clenched in determination. They moved slowly, testing each step before putting their weight onto the slippery log. The wind picked up, threatening to knock them off balance. Mason and Landon glanced at each other, their eyes full of fear and determination. Suddenly, a blinding flash of lightning illuminated the canyon. The crack of thunder that followed was deafening. The boys froze, their eyes wide with terror. In that moment of stillness, the log bridge seemed to move beneath their feet. They hear the sound of rushing water growing louder, and they realize that the river below is rising rapidly. They exchange a panicked glance, then move faster, trying to get to the other side before it's too late. Landon's foot slipped without warning, and he began to lose his balance, but Eli acted quickly, grabbing onto him, stopping his freefall into the deadly river below. Mason ran over, and together they grabbed a hold of Landon with all their strength and began pulling him back up onto the log. Just then, a bright bolt of lightning struck the ground just a few feet away from them. The deafening sound of the thunder was followed by the violent shaking of the log bridge. The boys were thrown off balance, and despite their best efforts to hold on, they fell into the river below. The strong current pulled them under, tossing them around like rag dolls. They struggled to keep their heads above water, gasping for air as they were pulled downstream. Mason's backpack with the chronosphere inside was weighing him down. He fought to keep it above water as he kicked his legs frantically, trying to reach the surface. Landon and Eli were struggling as well, but Viator, the AI inside the chronosphere, was able to activate a special buoyancy feature, keeping the metal orb afloat and preventing it from sinking to the bottom of the river. As the boys were being carried down the river, they began to hear the sound of rushing water growing louder and louder. They knew they were approaching a waterfall. Panic set in as they realized they were about to plummet to their deaths. Just then, Mason spotted a tree growing out of the riverbed, and without a moment's hesitation, he lunged for it, grasping at its roots. The tree held firm, and he managed to grab onto a thick branch just as they were approaching the edge of the waterfall. He desperately tried to keep his grip while struggling to reach out to Eli and Landon, who were now just a few feet away from going over the edge. Grab on to me. Mason shouted, stretching out his arm as far as he could, his muscles straining with the effort. Eli and Landon reached out, their fingers grazing his, and Mason's heart sank as they began to slip away. He gritted his teeth, focusing all his strength on the task at hand, and finally managed to grab hold of Eli's shirt collar. Hold on tight he warned as he strained to pull them both up. Landon was slipping, and Mason could see the fear in his eyes as he teetered on the brink of the waterfall. With one final effort, Mason managed to get a grip on Landon's arm and heaved with all his might to safety. As the boys caught their breath and tried to regain their composure, the rain gradually subsided, leaving behind the sound of the river rushing by. Looking up, they saw a beautiful rainbow arching across the sky, a small sign of hope amidst the chaos. For a moment, the world paused. Eli's heart began to race. He looked around, trying to pinpoint the source of the feeling. He felt as if a pair of eyes were fixated on them, tracking their every move, 
His gaze darted from the trees to the river to the sky, but he couldn't see anything out of the ordinary. Mason Landon, do you feel that? Eli whispered, his voice quivering slightly. Mason turned his head to look at Eli, and just then, a branch cracked loudly from the trees above them. The boys froze, their eyes locked on the spot where the sound had come from. Suddenly, a pack of phytosaurs burst from the foliage, their jaws gaping open as they charged towards the boys. They were long, slender creatures, with powerful jaws and sharp teeth designed for catching fish and other prey. Their bodies were covered in tough, scaly skin that provided protection from their enemies. The phytosaurs moved quickly and efficiently, their powerful legs propelling them towards the boys with alarming speed. The boys frantically tried to climb up the riverbank, but the ground was too slick and the incline too steep. As they struggled, the sounds of snapping branches and rustling leaves grew closer. Mason looked back just in time to see the pack of phytosaurs burst through the foliage, their razor-sharp teeth bared and their eyes fixed on their prey. We aren't gonna make it! It's too steep! Too slippery! Eli shouted. As the phytosaurs charged towards them, Eli grabbed Mason and Landon tightly by the back of their shirts, yanking them back into the river. The powerful current carried them away, hurtling them towards the raging waterfall. Just as they reached the crest of the falls, Mason, Landon, and Eli all gathered the biggest breath they could in unison, closing their eyes tightly as they plunged down the cascading waterfall. The roar of the water echoed in their ears as they tumbled through the misty air, plummeting towards the foaming pool below. This concludes Chapter 4 of Brothers Through Time, Triassic Troubles, 